Welcome to Where Wine Takes You, a wine podcast about what makes wine so special. It's the place, it's the time, it's the people, and there is no place in any time doing it more exciting than the people right now in Paso Wine Country. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Well, we got a lot going on. We're talking Blendfest. Coming up quick, February 24th, beautiful backdrop overlooking the Pacific Ocean in Cambria on our North Coast. Go to PasoWine.com and check out over 40 wineries pouring their best blends. This is where you see and taste that maverick mentality of Paso. Blends are where they're at, where other areas rest their laurels on maybe one grape, maybe because they have to with weather or just because the decades have just kind of forced them to in a way, right? The consequence of that is that you get pigeonholed, so much so that farmers and winemakers can't afford to grow anything but what they've been backed into. We aren't backed in a corner here in Paso. Paso blends show that. Paso's way of growing what they want, blending what they want, shows that. Today, we're talking to the folks from The Blending Lab. Michael and Magdalena from The Blending Lab downtown Paso will be on the show. Have not met them. Stoked to have them on. Also never met Cole Stilson from Stilson Cellars. Cool story. Also, you can taste Stilson downtown Paso too. So we will meet three new friends today talking all about the blend. And we might even blend a little ourselves today. In our Travel Paso Spotlight, we'll chat with the folks from the Central Coast Wine Competition and the California Mid-State Fair. Ricky and Teresa from the California Mid-State Fair will talk to us all about, gosh, the California Craft Spirits Competition. They got competitions for vinegar and for olive oil and, of course, our Central Coast Wine Competition. At the end of the show, we're a little closer to giving you more info on Paso Wine going to France. I want to hang out with you in France. Let's go. That later. All right, I show up to the Blending Lab, downtown Paso. We are all set here. We got the tray, little setup, graduated cylinder, beakers, and more. We are about to blend. So give me that moonshine, we'll be fine. We on round till the job is done. Can't in the trees, and we'll simplify good company. Blend Fest, baby. I'm excited. This is, it's not, you know, always where I get a chance to do an episode with three brand new friends, like three new folks that I have not had a chance to meet. So I'm really excited. We are here at the Blending Lab, like I mentioned. The Blending Lab, it's this, um, it, it's this cool, you guys were, you guys started in LA. We did. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, in 2016. And you can come here right off the park on the other side by La Cortile, and you come down here literally just blend, make your own wine. Make your own wine. Yeah, it's, yeah. Al- it's almost kind of like it. Do you remember like when like Art Bar was really a thing? And like you go in there, you drink a glass of wine, hopefully more, and then you make some little Become thing. an artist for a day. Yeah, right. right. And you walk out with like your, you know, your 9 by 16 or whatever. I mean, you are coming out of here as a little bit of a winemaker. Exactly. And the goal here is to taste some wines, get familiar with them, and understand your palate better. So you understand what you like about a wine. Because yeah. the premise is you don't just come in randomly and blend three wines together and come with a finished bottle and feel good about it. There has to be some intentionality behind actually creating your blend. So we've created a blending class that's a whole process to put behind the blending to give folks that aha. Yeah. Whether how, how you know a that? lot or a little. Right, because that's what I'm saying. And that's what I love about something like this is like it's very approachable. And whether you, you know, are, you know, a whiz at wine and come to Paso and visit every right. other weekend or you live here and you're in the wine biz, this can be fun for all levels. Exactly. 
people who are still drinking Red Bull and vodka to people who... Hey, what are you trying to say about those people? <laughs> Come on, I just got here. We just met none. Like, <laughs> That's actually me. Yeah, really, yeah. No, I know. A little bit of soda water in there, too. It's all, I'm, just, I'm not a total heathen, but that's pretty cool. So we started in L.A. 2016. What about, whereabouts in Los Angeles are you? So we started off with a farmer's market sort of dead center in the city, and we've just recently moved to a new larger location in West Adams, which, if you're familiar, it's, it's still pretty central. It's right off the 10 yeah. between like Culver City and downtown, really. Yeah. Uh, Magdalena, tell me a little bit about you. I come from Poland via Chicago and then California. And why am I in wine? I guess I never really knew that until I started visiting Paso and I saw this like huge Paderewski connection. Really? Of course. Yes. yes. Now, yes. when you're growing up, when did you move here from Poland? I was 13. Okay, so do they talk about Ignacio's Paderewski? Yes, but not the, about wine. Right, yeah, sure. No one talks about his wine. We talk about the politics of him and the music, but wine is something that I learned here and I was like, why is there a statue of our guy in the middle of the town? Did you wonder that? Like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Kind of. That's Because super we cool. started making wine, but again, I, I didn't really explore that part of the history and mind you there is wineries in outside of Krakow where I'm from but again it's it's not an industry that's known to that part of of you know Europe and to Poland so it was really cool because my family from Poland actually came this winter here and we all took photos with a scarf that says Poland. It was No it was way. That's yes. so cool. Yeah. Well, we have the Paderewski Festival here, yes. which does a lot of great stuff for mm-hmm. uh, kids who are, you know, amazing at being musicians. And then, you know, you look at like, I mean, here's the guy who signed the Treaty of Versailles. He was the first, you know, prime minister of a free Poland. And he found Paso because of the arthritis in his hands. And he loved the hot springs. And now we, you know, Paso so lucky to have this history with Paderewski right here. And then have you ever tasted some of the epic wines from Paderewski Vineyards? Yes. I, I love them. Mm. And I am going to plug something. If you ever have any grapes, please. Yeah, yeah. I will take them. <laughs> I'll put in a text for you. We'll see where Thank that you. goes. Yeah. Thank you. That would but be pretty cool. I think like this kind of made me feel like I belong. Yeah. Right? Because I don't know if I, like, you know, we were talking about the red one vodka. I literally was the person that was like, can I have a vodka with a splash of cranberry and soda? I didn't drink wine. Yeah. So wine is something that I really kind of grew into and educated myself on, especially when we started dating because we, we do business together and we also live together. We're, we're partners. So, um, yeah, it, it, it made me feel like I'm actually doing something. Like, I belong in this industry. That's so, so cool. Well, you certainly do, Magdalena. Uh, how did you guys meet? We met at a day job. Same office. Work. Oh, so you guys were working together down working together. in L.A.? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I love this. Well, it's going to be fun to get to know more about the Blending Lab. We are here talking about blends because Blend Fest on the Coast is happening February 22nd through the 25th. Of course, the Grand Tasting is on the 24th. A beautiful backdrop. I love how they celebrate the North Coast with this event. So you got to go to PasoWine.com and check out Blend Fest on the Coast. Cole is from Stilson Cellars, another gentleman I have uh, not met before, so it's really cool to meet you. Thanks for sharing where wine takes you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You have an interesting story. You also from Southern California and moved up here to to get to get into the wine biz. Tell me a little bit about how wine fell into your lap. I know it was heavily pushed and um, led, encouraged, I should say, gently encouraged by your mom. I would say a big encouragement. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, um, it started off with her enthusiasm with wine. She already loved wine even before we moved to Paso the first time back in 2011. And then it kind of just grew from there and she always wanted to retire up here. And so in the middle of college, I'd gone through 
a few different majors that I wasn't a huge fan of and it all had to do with sitting behind a computer. And so I finally reached my, my hitting point and my mom and I still came up here to pass a lot, just go wine tasting. And so finally she just asked me to come up here and make her an endless supply of wine. And so at first I thought she was joking, so I didn't come back to her on that one. But then a month later I was getting tired of classes and I was like, all right, let's do it. And then so I did. So tell me your situation because you, I, I love how this all kind of happened because your dad was uh, with the fire department mm-hmm. in Southern California and you lost him far too young. You were 17 when your dad passed away and it was one of those moves. And I remember when my mom died, um, there's no way in how my mom was ever moving to Vegas. But after my mom died, my dad decided to go to Vegas to pursue, uh, to reinvigorate his real estate kind of desires Mm -hmm. and he's there you know he lives there to this day so once a a shaking thing like that happens your mom was able to kind of come up here because your dad's your life your dad really worked his way up the chain in the fire department and so that was a time where everyone's looking at themselves like okay if we've got a big change we could do this let's 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 try something you know and that we'll talk about like that pivotal time in, in your life and i mean you were certainly young you're not even 18 yet and what you guys were going through to make this that move yeah i think i mean it was obviously in a bunch of different stages and so initially after going through the main grieving process and we finally figured our stuff out and kind of at least consolidized everything and kind of chilled a bit that's when we just i mean our relationship grew very close as well but it kind of let us expand to other stuff and it wasn't really focused solely on his job and my mom still had her day job. At that point, she became a principal. And so she was education in her whole career. Oh, wow. And then, um, so she was still going steadily on that. But at that point, then we started making more trips. We tried seeing family more. My dad's parents actually lived in Cambria for the last 15 years. Oh, cool. And so that was another big thing, reason why we came up to Paso so much. And so I, obviously it was the wine tasting for her. But. Yeah. So your mom, your mom loved this area, loved the wine. And was always like, God, if we could just, like so many people do, when they come up here, just something just grabs onto them. You know, the people, the area, the, the vibe here yeah. is certainly special. And then your mom was like, let's, I want to figure out how we, I can settle, settle up there, retire yeah. up there, just be up there. Yeah. It's yeah. that same pipe dream that everyone has that goes yeah. so honestly what would your dad even say now if you could see that you are a freaking winemaker i have no clue i mean he knew <laughs> the funny thing is uh so every male in my family is a firefighter except for me so really distant uncles cousins that kind was of that stuff. weird growing up when you didn't want to become a firefighter were you like were you worried like uncle this or dad that is gonna like make me feel you know what they were all pretty supportive it, cool. it and it kind of it came a little bit later in life because it kind of started maybe at like 15 where i figured out i didn't want to because it starts early for firefighters if you want to start early like yes. the sport program mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and so my brother had already gone through it he was already doing classes and stuff and so i have an older brother older brother yeah. yeah so and he ended up becoming a firefighter even more pressure yes. when you don't want to be yes exactly uh, but no, I, I think, and this is going to sound really bad, but I just can't handle blood too well. So no, sure. <laughs> I can't imagine being a firefighter. And so, um, no, I don't think And my dad was super supportive as well. And so That's cool. um, I ended up going the college route and, uh, my brother went on with a firefighter, but yeah, everyone was kind of chill about it, but now it's kind of funny on the black sheet that makes wine and they all save people's lives. So yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> dude, you were saving your own. I promise yeah, yeah, we I need know. winemakers, but no, um, that's so interesting. But now I'm, I, I imagine that it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Cole's a winemaker now. Like this is so, this is so neat. This is so cool. Who, who even knew we'd be having a winemaker in our family? Yeah. And, and actually the greatest part that I have found from us opening was, um, the firefighter family itself is so big and even like Stilson's that I haven't even met before, but after opening the tasting room, 
Um, I've had people come in that have worked with my dad at a station 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that wow. kind of thing. And they have these great stories about my dad. And so it's really nice to be able to talk to people and how much they appreciated him, especially when it's hard to remember that side of his life, his career, because yeah. I didn't, obviously didn't see it that much. No, sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's opened up a lot of conversation and also conversation into mental health awareness and yeah. everything that when it comes to first responders. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. So it almost kind of gave you more of a purpose. Like yeah. you're finding this own path for yourself, but you know, because of your love for your dad and that history that that represented, you found a purpose to, to run with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Where did you kind of cut, like, you know, cut your chops and like learn? Obviously, you know, you came from Palmdale in Southern California. You're not a winemaker. There's no wine in Palmdale. And I don't know if there is, it's probably not very good, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where no, did you? There's like, a few. I won't, I won't say is it really? Well, I didn't know that. But maybe there is. Shoot. I mean, I yeah. feel like Palmdale is like like Afro Man came from there, or like yeah. you know, what I mean, like there's not a whole you know, there's like Lancaster right next door. It gets hot. It gets cold. Yeah, uh, that high desert. Palmdale is the song. Palmdale. That's it. Oh yeah, yeah. there you go. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you came up here, who did you start to learn from, and how did you learn to make wine? Yeah, we got super lucky. Obviously, Paso is a very community-driven wine region, and you don't find it too often in other places. And we had stumbled across Bella Luna Estate Winery in Templeton, and my mom, and it was actually at the time, it was my mom and my brother that were there and initially said that we were like, oh, we might start a spot up here soon. And um, they were like, well, how about you just come over here, learn how to make wine, and then maybe start doing some custom crush. And we thought it was a great idea. And we didn't, that was at the point, we didn't even have a property yet, a vineyard. That was before we even bought anything up here. And so we kept it in the back of our mind. But then once we found our property, uh, they still wanted to do it. And so that's kind of how it happened. We started processing there in 2019. They basically brought me in like a child and held my hand and they taught me the entire ways. And I know there's a lot of book learning that you can do, but it was amazing hands-on learning. And there's three winemakers on the property. So I, I definitely learned a lot from them. We well, talk about learning in those books because, you know, Bella Luna, Sherm Smoot, Kevin, we've had Sherm on the show a bunch and I, um, I officiated his service. I, I admire him more than anything. He is such an awesome, awesome guy. And one of the coolest stories was, you know, he was wanting to get into veterinary care and then ends up going into being a pilot and serving our country. And then he's flying back and forth for what he called the dark side who worked for Continental, got into the commercial airline industry, and he was reading winemaking books front to back on these flights, you know, as he was going for Continental and became a winemaker. And of course, Kevin, as you know, knows these vineyards like the back of his hand. And what a cool crew to learn from. And I I mean, it's so not a surprise to hear Sherm like taking you in and the crew there taking you in as like, you know, as family. That's just not a surprise at all. There's just such giving and loving people. But what a cool story that you fell into their lap and their circle of influence and we're able to learn from them. Yeah, no, I just honestly, and I say it all the time, but I, I feel like we're just super lucky and, and I mean, they're amazing people and yeah. so I just, I can't thank them enough, honestly. It's cool when people come in, we should be arguing that everyone around this table has uh, come from Southern California and like, I mean, my story, your story, your story, your story, it's all, it's like the people here have just been so nice and all of our dreams are a little bit different. I mean, certainly what I do has to do with the wine industry, but I'm not making wine like, uh, Cole is, but, and then of course the two of you here at the, the blending lab, it's like, you know, you're making wine, but you know, but you guys are, you guys are making the, yes. the, the varietals that will come in here too. Exactly. I guess the origin story is we got the grapes from Paso yeah, and we found somebody to make wine with down in the LA area because at the time that was convenient for us sure. because we needed for it to be local. So ironically, 
we're hyper inefficient. We take the grapes from Paso, so we bring them down to LA, and then we schlep them back again. Yeah, <laughs> but that's just. Is it because we don't have a place to crush them here? We, I mean, do you have a? Is it just a really cool hookup there? I mean, it's why? Just, it's it's a good hookup. It's yeah, somebody so it's, that we know and trust. It's and a convenient there you for go. a long time, and um, they they let us make the wines and the formats and styles that we want to make them in. Yeah, that lend themselves to this blending class process. Because we don't just do the blending class, we actually make all of our own blends, and we'll reserve specific individual single varietals for that, some of the new barrel aging, but we're just trying to come up with like a really diverse and interesting set of single varietals for the blending class program for people to step into, yeah. um, maybe get uncomfortable sometimes with what they have to play with. And yeah. And what is the process? We come here, we have this tray, mm -hmm. we have a graduated cylinder, some beakers, and we, we go to town. What do we do? What, what's, what goes down? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a three-step process. And for everybody who can't see us right now and you're, you're listening to us, uh, you get three wines, and they're all single varietals. We promise pinky swear, no shenanigans happening. But they're just labeled one, two, and three. You're not supposed to know what they are because the point isn't to... Pick the single varietal that you're most familiar with or you think you like the best. It's to just bring an open mind to the process to learn a little bit more about what are your wine preferences? Why do you like what you like? And give each of the wines themselves independently a fair shake to surprise you and help you build the blend that you're really going to enjoy. It's so funny because so often people might go, oh, you know, anything but cab or, any, exactly. you know, or anything but this. Yeah. But when you don't know, yeah. you get a chance to just try them, you know, mm -hmm. you get a chance to really see, oh, shoot, I didn't even know exactly. that I like this or that. Yeah. Okay, so people will go through one, two, or three. You said these are all single varietals? Exactly. So you... The first, the first step is really just to get like a familiarization with each of the wines. We have everybody do a gut check score. Hey, rate it out of five stars, right? Take a sip of one, take a sip of two, take a sip of three, and like put a card on the table that just says, like, I think I like three the best. Mm -hmm. I think I like one the least, okay. for example. And we let that kind of dictate and guide the rest of the experience. So in the next phase is to deconstruct what's actually going on. Like what are you tasting? Yeah, what are you actually tasting? Yeah. What is unique and distinct about each of these grapes that you're working with? How can you actually overlay a process to tasting? Like, okay, there are specific visual cues you can take a look at in a glass of wine that help you understand or hypothesize, what is this wine going to be like? Like, we judge wines uh, like a book by its cover, right? Because what we see is inherently based on the senses. So we unlock for people, what does color mean? What does the intensity of the color mean? What do legs mean? How can that information help you smell a wine with more clarity and figure out what's going on and to help you understand what you're actually physically tasting, um, not just the acute taste, but also the textures that you're getting in your mouth. Because without understanding your preferences for different elements like acidity or sweetness or body in any wine, you can't really understand why you like it or dislike it. And if you don't know those three things, you can't really understand whether or not blending the second and third wine together is going to be good for you or not. Yeah. And should it be 50-50 or 90-10? Yeah. Because we're going to get two totally different two outcomes. totally different wines. Yeah. It's so funny because other folks have done, like I love the Opolo blending party, done it a bunch, won it one time. Okay. That was pretty cool. My fiance won it another time. And then, but then I did the cast one where it's done a little differently where it's not just judges or tasting mm -hmm. your wine. Everyone tastes them all and then they 
all vote. That's smart. Yeah. I didn't even vote for my own wine. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I'm not very good at this, uh, or I wasn't that day, but it's so much just fun. The time, the journey of the blending and the tasting, and the, ooh, a little bit less, a little mm-hmm. bit of this, and then naming it. And, I mean, exactly. it's so much fun. When you ta- Have you tasted these yet? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I've tried uh, one and three. Do you I, feel you know what they are? <clears throat> I think I got one down. I'm not sure about three. Now, do you guys do are these Rhone style wines, Bordeaux style wines, or just we have to oh, really they're, guess? They're all over the place. Okay, so these I'm okay. Yeah. So I have no idea, but I'm gonna guess these are are these Rhone style wines today. It's a mix. It's a mix. It's a mix. Oh, you're keeping it. There are no rules. There yeah, are no, no rules. rules. That's what we love about. Well, you that's very right, Paso. Exactly, and that's why we. Lo- that's one of the many reasons why we love Paso. But uh, we've come up with like so many weird blends where they're almost like driven out of necessity. And you think about it, one of one of my favorite blends we've ever made was Merlot and Petite Syrah. It's that's like, a how one. many times have you seen that pop up on a bottle somewhere? If somebody's done it, they probably just hit it as a red blend. Sure. Because they didn't want you to know because it's probably too weird. But we bring the transparency to the process to say like, hey, those two grapes might actually have some synergies if you think about it. Is one Italian? Which one? Is there any, is there any Italian one? Oh, on the table. No. Okay. What do you think number one is? I think it's a Zen. Tastes like a Zen. That's actually really good. Yeah, because I was going to say Sangiovese, so, but I'm going to go with, is there a Zen on the table? Not today. Wow, man. Not today. Cool, it's, a, it's a distinct possibility, though. One of the ones that we source. <laughs> so it is one of the ones that yeah. could be on the table, mm-hmm. but today it is not. Okay, so may, maybe then. I'm going to, you know, and obviously when you know wine, you want to get it right, mm-hmm. right? And you want right. to, like, see what you can do. But see, that's, like, one of the reasons why the class is so interesting oh, and sure. why we think it's so approachable because. The color's different. You know, if you just never drink wine. Versus if you're the person sitting next to you is somebody that has like a 10,000 bottle collection. Right. You would think that they know totally different things about wine and that one person has the ability to be able to figure out which one of these wines. No. Everybody that comes and sits down at the table, whether they're friends or they don't know each other, they're from completely different backgrounds. Everybody's on the same level playing field. Is it like a class or is it like I come here with a date and I just do this with her? Or is it like, okay, get here at seven o'clock and there's 20 people in here. We're all doing this together. How does it work? So the way that we originally did in LA, it was a class where a group of, I don't know, 10 to 25 people would come together at the same time and nobody knew each other and they would do the class together. Kind of like an art bar. Here it's more, exactly. Here it's more appointment based. Mm. So you're coming in with your own group, whether there are two of you or whether there are 14 of you. Fun. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to guess number one, only based on the color. I'm going to guess Grenache. I like what you said about the color. Am I right or no? You are correct. I am. Yes. Okay, so number one is Grenache. All right. But it's interesting because it's not a GSM situation here because you said there could be a little bit of Bordeaux in here too. No, but we do do classes that end up being GSM classes. Yeah. I love it because the, the, the process lends itself perfectly to giving everybody like the aha of why do you like specific things about wines because when you're constructing your blend you're going to be a Grenache first person or you're going to be a Syrah first person yes and then in the odd case you know you might be a Merved first person and then you learn something new all right let me talk to Cole for a second you said you might have number three I'm looking it's like a brooding color it is like I'm thinking either Petite Syrah or Syrah what would you guess I think I was leaning more towards the Petite Syrah yeah that color will do this is landing the last row I'm not sure about the other one. I feel it's less than like, like while Gary Eberly calls Syrah blueberries and blood, there's like that fruit, that strong fruit and like warm temperature Syrah. I'm going to guess this is Petite Syrah, number three, Petite Actually, Syrah. I, I, might, I might inch back. I might think it's Syrah. I okay. 
I was gonna go that in the beginning, <laughs> and then it just it has that just taste. I'm get, okay. So you're gonna put Syrah? Lock it in. I'll say I'm not a great blind taster, but yes, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I don't think I've ever even got one right. That was my first one right ever, like a second <laughs> ago. I'm gonna guess Petite Syrah on number three. You're both wrong. Oh man, that's brutal. <laughs> so hard. But you're, you're in the right me. You're Go in on. the right ballpark. It's okay. Petite Bordeaux. That's correct. Okay. There's that's their color. Okay. <laughs> so there's the Bordeaux one right there. So now we got to figure out. We might have to edit out the third one because if somebody comes and does the class. Oh, we're gonna ruin it for them. Oh, I see. Because this, this could be a class. Yeah. <laughs> Just right, say the, beep. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a beep over it. All right. What are you gonna? Have you yeah, tasted number funny. two yet? Let me try. I'm leaning on you. You're my winemaker. You're my only winemaker friend in this room right now. I'm gonna do a phone a friend. Oh man, that's. Could that be Syrah? That's. I'm gonna guess that's Syrah. It's got a real deep color. It's got that fruit. I feel it's got that blue fruit. I'm going to go with Syrah, final answer, locked it in. The, the one thing I'll say, though, that's interesting about this wine, yes, and that's so fascinating about the process, if you really take time to stop and assess the color, don't mistake the intensity color for the color. So mm. you can see there's actually a little bit more reddishness in that second wine mm-hmm. Okay, fair versus enough. a sort of bluish purple note that you would naturally expect from a Syrah. Okay, that's fair. All right. What do you do with that? What do you do with that, Adam? What do you do with that coal? What do you do with that, Michael? Magdalena, what do you do with that? Hmm, that's a good point. It's a good little hint there. I am going to change my answer because he said that. Hmm. Cole, I'm waiting on you. I'm going to ask for one more hint. Is this a roan as well? Is it, you said it was a mix. Was there it's a mix, so also not a roan. No. Okay, okay. Is this cab? Could this be cab? Do you get the earthy and pepper notes in there? Is it cab wrong? That's what I was going to say when he said that. I was going to say because I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. That's why I say cap. Stop. Yeah. He's good. This guy's good. This is fun because he's like, you know, it's like taking you on a little spin here. I'm going to stick with cap soft. I'm not sure I'm right, but I just don't know where else to go now. I, I'm probably just going to stick with cap Franc. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can bleep that out. <laughs> so we keep, we keep this situation fresh. Uh, no, it, it reminds me. It's, it's funny. I feel like there was something happened in a class a long time ago where I started to do these like PowerPoint presentations for various reasons. Yeah. And I did the grand unveil of what the single varietals were at the very end and people started taking photos of them. And I was like, oh, that's, should have thought about that one. Yeah, right. And then they started posting them to social media. And then, you know, all of a sudden, a couple of classes later, people were guessing I'm right. And I'm like, that's weird. We got some, <laughs> yeah. we got some ringers in here. Yeah. No, they were just cheaters. Just it's fun to do cheaters. this. And it's not easy to do this. And I've done this with, like, you know, being at World of Pinot Noir with, like, a master sommelier right after the Psalm movie came out. And that whole thing became like a parlor trick, just begin, you know, beginning to note something. And sometimes it goes right. Sometimes it doesn't, though. Mm-hmm. So how fun. I love blending. It's so much fun. This is the Blending Lab. What is the website? How do people learn more about? how to come here and hang out the wineblendinglab.com and make sure you click on the right location LA or Paso yeah so you'll click on either location and then that will give you like specific directions on how to enjoy that location pretty cool well February 22nd through the 25th is Blend Fest on the coast Uh, this was an event that because of the crazy atmospheric rivers of 2023 we ended up not being able to have this event which was such a shame because this really you know Talks about the beauty of the North Coast and brings a lot of our Paso wines up there. And, you know, we have a lot of great vineyards up there. You know, Derbyshire and some beautiful fruit is coming from, like, the North Coast 
some really like Stolo and some beautiful Syrahs are coming from that area. So I love that we get a chance to like make that the backdrop for such a fun event. Uh, go to PasoWine.com because there's like winemaker dinners. There's a, a sip and paint. Uh, talk about art bar. There's a sip and paint and harmony cellars on February 25th. The grand tasting is February 24th. It is, uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. Ocean Point Ranch right there on the Sundance Lawn. Uh, you can't just, you can't beat the view. It's so much fun. We've got over 40 wineries. You were going to have an absolute blast. And you think about blends, like, you know, cool. We talk, we have these interviews with like people like Justin and stuff like that. I mean, blends have been so huge in Paso since like the 80s. You know what I mean? Like it's, the blends here are really incredible because you get a chance to, you know, make what you want. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I think Paso, and this is unofficial, but I call Paso blending capital of honestly the world. I think it's, it is the perfect spot to find the most amount of blends of either fun or serious or anything and the most experimentation that you'll find yeah. in the world. Well, it's certainly the reason why, you know, folks like Stefano Seo of La Venture, you know, left a winemaking region like Bordeaux to come here. Why? To do whatever he wanted to do. You know, like, well, I want to do whatever I want to do. I want to blend whatever I want. And that's why Paso has this reputation, this maverick mentality of being able to do. And look, when you look at some of the old, um, and like you said before, Michael, like sometimes people might just call it a blend because they don't want to call it, you know, what it is. Or you look at like, you know, isosceles in the early 80s, just taking the nation by storm with just these, you know, this blending of mainly three Bordeaux varietals. Blends here are really, really special. Now, when, you know, obviously the way we're doing this here in the blending lab, Cole, is very very different than when you're doing it on a, on a larger scale for, I'm sure you don't make a ton of wine, you know, you guys are a small, you know, boutique wine, you know, situation, but mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you're blending barrels, you're blending whole, it's a lot bigger of a scale when you're thinking about you making your blends. What are you thinking about? Uh, you know what? There's a few things that we kind of look at where, and it's, it's my mom and I that go through blending and we usually do it halfway through the uh, aging period. So we usually... We only do about 18, 19 months in oak, and so we'll hit it right at nine months, blend them together, and let them sit together for another nine months. And so uh, it's just a really big trial phase of us setting up a table in the cellar, then drinking too much wine. Uh, well, hopefully not too much wine, but <laughs> and then just having like three trials of each. We, we kind of have set blends that we pour in the tasting room and that our members love. So we have like a GSM that's usually more Vedra forward. Um, we have a Syrah more Vedra blend. And then we have a Cabernet blend. So those are our three staples that Fun. we know for sure that we need to make something out of that. Um, but we'll do three different ways and different percentages and stuff. And then sometimes we'll inch in a different wine in there. Like uh, we just switched the GSM. We switched out the straw with the Tempranillo for fun because it cool. tastes good. Yeah. Um, but it's it's more of us just trial and erroring it. And then it's more of just whatever we like. I mean, it's kind of, I know a lot of people say that, but it's literally, we're just like, oh, this tastes good. Yeah. Like which ones taste the best to Which us? is the way you want. It's the wine you want to sell. Yeah. The wine you want to sell is the wine that you want to drink because it turns out if you don't sell it, you're drinking it. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the most sense. Yeah. So where, do you have a tasting room out there in the Geneseo district or what? No. So our vineyard is Geneseo district. We process in Tin City and then we actually have a tasting room right downtown Paso. So oh, cool. right on 10th and Railroad. 10th and Railroad. It's like a brown building. It's right across from that big hotel getting built right now, the Ava Hotel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a nice little cozy spot right there. So cool. How do you like being downtown? I love it. Yeah. We're, we're kind of like catty corner to the park. So not as much walking traffic, but I, it's, it's a nice, cool, 
like quiet area for what we're looking for and we have a parking lot which is huge oh that's yeah (laughs) right no i live in san luis obispo everyone's always talking about parking and then it's funny because you read the headlines i mean people in paso aren't far behind like parking is a conversation here you know but i'll tell you it's not as bad as san luis obispo so if you're bitching and moaning about paso parking (laughs) don't even try coming to slow because it's a lot worse um but how cool is that i like this you're downtown we have the property out of geneseo are you getting all the fruit from there are you farming this too we are farming it so we do everything ourselves uh wow. it's, it's a small property it's five acres but um how'd you learn to farm I mean, you have you must have help right or like no we uh when I to mean, pick when to prune when, i mean you have, where'd you learn the, kevin from bella much, luna yeah questions f- to kevin and then jimmy ended up adopting a decent amount of knowledge from that as Good. well and so cool. um the first year they kind of pushed us through it and then after that it was just us messing around honestly it's more i don't call it a hobby vineyard because it's not but our st- we have an estate cabin in the state Syrah. Yeah, and it's very uh, low production. We do about fifty cases of each or mm-hmm. so. And so you're you're sourcing some other fruit. So we source in um, a lot of the other fruit, and it's mostly from the west side. Yeah, uh, just depending on varietals. The only varietals we get from the east side are more veteran Grenache. How do you like making wine in Tin City? I love it. It's a fun place, isn't it? Yeah, we had just switched over from Belluna to Tin City. I mean, I love Belluna sure. to death, but um, man, just being that close to everything and it, it is the feel in Tin City during harvest is something that you guys have to experience uh, where everyone's hu- hustle and bustle. You see fruit coming in nonstop every day for two months, three months. It's, it is amazing. Yeah, forklifts just driving down the street. Yeah, you hear the beep of forklifts right. that will drive you crazy. Yeah, probably, yeah. S- probably hearing it in your sleep. Yeah, I still do. But the, yeah. In 18, uh, my fiance and I made a half a ton of peak pool okay. and we made it at Valia's spot Desperada oh very cool yeah. so we got a chance to like feel that just like you said that just like that pulse of the way life is you know during harvest there it's really cool it is incredible and I mean when you're when you're there at like midnight and you see other people with like bags under their eyes you're like alright cool harvest must not be even I knew you know when you signed up to be a winemaker oh great I'm making wine but harvest is no joke I mean you're putting in some crazy hours do you have help in the cellar no, it's just me. Just you? Yeah. So you're doing all the punch downs, all of this, all of that. Yeah, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's crunch time. I mean, it is yeah. what it is, but then off season is vacation time, so that's how it goes. Yeah, are you um, making any whites? We do. We make a 100% VNA right now, and then mm. uh, I'm going to inch into getting some roots on this year. Fun. And maybe some Grenache Blanc. So that's I make a white blend. Sh- that sounds really good, like a Grenache Blanc croissant white blend. Yeah. Dude. So we'll see. Those uh, kill here. Those both grow just and Roussan, Roussan is my favorite white, and it's just so hard it to find It is me, too. It is so hard to find in Paso. It's my, you, too? Yeah, me, too. Really? I love it. Roussan is the best yeah. white wine. Mm-hmm. Haven't got a source for it yet, but <laughs> it's, we'll it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I'm working on one this morning. i got to get mine first. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Here I am, just trying to poach grapes from everybody. I know, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know Roussan's got mouthfeel. Roussan's got complexity. Mm-hmm. It's fun when it sits on the table, like, you know an hour later and it's you know it's not cold and chilly of a glass but it's oh, like it's, it's got all the body in the world yeah Roussan's dope yeah yeah Roussan's a phone oh good for you man I always thought if we do another white I would want it to do I would want to do Roussan well I know there is some Roussan maybe I'll tell you off the air in Tin City where you might be able to find some but there there is some in Tin City I'm sure you've been asking around but yeah I, I think I know one place but I there don't you know go. where he gets it from but I do mm-hmm. love it yeah 
Cool. All right. So uh, the Blending Lab is where we're hanging out. We're talking about Blend Fest on the coast. There are some different seminars. There are some different dinners. You want to see availability. Something's already sold out, but you can go to PasoWine.com and you can actually check out the availability for everything else as it relates to uh, Blend Fest on the coast. But I really want to see you. I want to see you at that Sunset Grand Tasting. That's on the 24th. Over 40 renowned Paso wineries are going to come together showcasing uh, just Paso blends. And like you know, Cole said a few minutes ago, it's just all about blending what you like and what you want and that is kind of what we've been able to do here in Paso for many many decades and you know Blendfest on the Coast isn't all that old of an event it's one of our newer events that we threw into the mix so it's really fun to celebrate the blends and I'm sure so many people are thankful because like people have been doing it here for freaking ever you know what was it about Paso Michael that really you know you, you have this in 2016 in LA but you're like you know we're gonna go we're gonna go to the Mecca we're gonna go where it's all going down gosh I don't know if we have time. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's no hard no, breaks. I mean, this is this is where we ultimately sourced all of our grapes from from the start. Not all of them, but I would say 98 percent plus. So it for us it makes sense. This is like a a spiritual homecoming to have a location in downtown Paso, and I think you guys have nailed it. Like the spirit of the community, um, the fact that blending is something that everybody does all the time. Uh, that there's freedom to blend whatever you want, to use the varietals that you want, to mix things that you know, allegedly you're not supposed to mix together, but you know you should mm-hmm. because it's the right thing to do. Uh, and that's essentially what we're all about. I'm so curious, like, because you guys are running this business together. You guys are yeah. partners. Um, but you must have gotten the wine-making bug. I mean, like, do you, do you and Magdalena make a barrel of it on your own and not sell it? Or do you, have, do you want to? Or, like, wh- or is it pretty much all the wine that's being made with you guys in the situation is for the business, for oh, other yeah. people to blend with? No, I mean, like, we, so we make all of our own blends. So everybody, when we sit down at the blending table ourselves, just like you guys do at Stilson, there are actually three of us. There's also our other partner, Chris. And it's the three of us just competing to get our blends <laughs> in bottles to sell to our club members. Uh, okay, you know, cool. Okay, in cool. Our, in so our there are flights. finished wines that yeah, are wines. that are blended. Okay, so we are making well, that's awesome. Okay, cool. I'm glad to yeah. understand it that way. That's got to be really fun. And when when did like wine and that bug bite you? Were you were you young? Were you in your twenties or? I was pretty young. Yeah, yeah. This is like well before legal drinking age. For sure. So much so that I actually convinced my parents to allow me to go to school in Europe. And I actually started college when I was like 17 in Europe. Amazing. One of the main reasons was to travel, but also to start drinking. But what 17? More more. You re- who at 17 wants to travel? That's amazing. Like what? Yeah, it, yeah, it's a pretty cool. I don't know. If it was a cool parents or a cool situation that got you to be thinking about like world travel at 17. Mom, this if little, you're listening, yeah. This little Renaissance <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty 100%. cool. <laughs> no, so they let you go over there. So obviously you're. I mean, over there, it's not like, too young because you're allowed to drink at 18 over there. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and you're and you're drinking like bomb wines. Bomb wines for cheap. Oh yeah, like random cheap. obscure places and sources and you know stuff from South Africa that you can't get in the U.S. At least at the time. Were you a big beer uh, drinker as a kid? Wasn't a big beer drinker as a kid, but I definitely am now. Yeah, okay, so we'll kill because the beers are good. Yeah, so beers are much better now. Yeah, right. So like back in the day, you weren't just like let's get beer, let's get a bunch of beer. Like it was, it was more like the taste of it. The mm-hmm. you were thinking about those things then. Yeah, Isn't exactly. That interesting. It's like hey, who wants to go in on a fun bottle? Like yeah, let's do San Emilio tonight. What? Dude's 18 doing the insane Emilion tonight. Quite the catch here, Magdalena. Look what you've stumbled upon. How did you guys meet again? At work, yeah. Oh, that's at work. Okay, yeah. cool. And then when did you know, oh my gosh, this guy's the one? Honestly, probably the first day. It was a taco social hour, <laughs> and I heard him 
talk about school, that he went to school in Switzerland. And, you know, being from Europe, I feel like I kind of teeter on, like, I'm American, but I'm not. I'm American, but I'm not, you know? So yeah. it kind of allowed me to be like, oh, this guy's very interesting. I can bring him home to mom. Mom yeah. will like that. <laughs> and, she, you know, both my mom and my grandma love him. And, you know, we've always kind of been on the same page, right? Um, and I didn't have a rich wine culture like he did. Uh, but I think we explored wine together and I think we had these grand dreams even before making wine of like, oh, one day we'll have a vineyard and one day we will have a vineyard. <laughs> just cool, that's right exciting. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so we just started a little bit differently, you know? How um, is it to do a, a business with a partner? It's so interesting because I've talked to folks who maybe have a winery or do this, but there are many Paso couples that are in business together. Yeah, I mean, Michael, I feel like you're the one who probably will have more bad things to say about me than I have to say about you. Because I'm the project <laughs> manager. I'm operations, you know. Yeah. So, like, I'm the one who's like, did you do this? Did you get them the booklet? Are you working on the booklet? So, I think that's the hard part for him, you know. He he has these grand ideas. Is he ideas. creative? He's creative, but he's also, like, execution. Yeah. But I'm the project manager. And those could be a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. But I think when we come together, especially when we road trip, we love road tripping, driving to, like, Montana, Wyoming for hours. Some of our greatest ideas about this business have come from, like, traveling, seeing something, and being like, hmm, that's fun. Why don't we do this, this, and this, you know? So, I feel like our... Our brains kind of feed off of each other to push this business forward all the time. We don't let it get stagnant. We kind of make sure that we change it to make it better every single time. You know, whether it's our blending kits or whether we improve the classes, it's always kind of how do we move this forward? That's so cool. Uh, Michael, where do you kind of take it from L.A. in 2016 to up here? We're in 2024 now. Paso is mm -hmm. blown up. Uh, what, what, what is like the, the demographic of the folks and maybe even like the wine oh, knowledge no. of somebody coming in here? Is it, is it the run the gamut? Is it, it folks? runs the absolute gamut. Yeah. yeah. So it's, but I don't think it's that different from what we see in L.A. either. Where I think it's it's just people who are coming in and looking for like a really good experience, and it's it's the classic example of the person who drinks very little versus the person who has a massive collection, and there's not one age group, there's not one uh, ethnicity that comes in and enjoys it differently. Like like I said, everybody comes in same playing field, same expectations, or maybe like slightly different expectations, but same result at the end of the day. Yeah, you can't say like this is an experience for young people. No. Oh. Yeah, right. There's no. there's no data to support that. Yeah, whatsoever. or yeah. not even, um, not just age demographics, but just like the scope of someone who knows their wine. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like this is just I, 2010 Adam, who loved wine and just knew 14 years less than I know now, which I still don't know shit. But um, that person would have loved to do this. 2024 Adam would love to do this. Like, yeah. this just sounds, sounds like so much fun. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's like a Chuck E. Cheese for yeah. adults. You just come in, <laughs> we're playing with wine, we're having fun with it, we're tasting it, we're creating. I love that. We're creating, and then when I walk out of here, I'm going to walk out with like a corked bottle of something that I put together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully like a more firm appreciation for what you like. And yeah. we always see ourselves as being like complimentary to the community because when you come in here, you learn more about your preferences. And when you take that to other tastings at other wineries, you're going to find the stuff that you like and you're going to embrace what you like. And okay. you're going to buy more of those bottles. You're going to sign yeah. up for those wine clubs that really specialize in that thing that you know you can really associate with, that you have a, a true affinity for. Okay, Cole, when you sit into a place like this and with a tray like that is in front of you right now, are you thinking, um, what are you thinking about blending? Well, I mean, now that we know what the three varietals are, uh, what sounds like fun to blend for you? 
Um, Use the ones and twos and threes so we don't have to. Oh, so we don't yeah. say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will spoil this. You know what? There's, there was two that I was thinking of. I, like I had said earlier, I mean, well, actually, I don't know if I said it on air, but um, Stilson, we, we tend to be medium palate. We're very approachable, easy drinking wines. Right. And uh, so this number one, I was a big fan of. So I was thinking of doing the, a blend with that forward. Okay. Maybe a pinch of three and then the rest two. So I, don't, I actually don't even know. Why don't you make make your blend? Okay. I'm going to make a blend. Okay. And then um, we'll present it to both Magdalena and Michael, which you both will taste blindly. Okay. Crystal will ensure that. And then we will see who's you prefer. I'm the worst judge, by the way. I've had to judge a couple times. Yeah. And... I have to figure out a way to be impartial. Well, that's not because I have my own preferences, right? Well, that's but yeah. So when I taste it, I'm going to know exactly which one you led with and which one you use the least of, or not at all. Oh, you're saying so? It's almost like you're going to know his now because mm-hmm. you just said that. I'm happy. Well, to even judge. if I just like, yeah, you judge it. Okay, well, Matt, let Magdalena judge it. You can. Just you you could sure. switch your thing up a little bit. Now you're not even. Or you're, you're tasting them individually. I'm making sure. Oh, you're making sure all your tastes are dialed. Yeah, in. I'm double checking before I actually get the blend. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, this is serious, Adam. This obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stilson Cellars, they are downtown Paso. The wine, uh, the wine is grown in the Geneseo district, which are, you know, some names like uh, Cass is out there, and and um, probably Rava. Rava would be Geneseo district, right? Yeah, I think so. Just in that area of like off the 41 and stuff, and when you get like Cripple Creek and that whole area, I well, I mean, that's where I'm coming from because I'm coming from slow. Uh, and then the blending lab is just downtown Paso, uh, right here, right next, uh, right near Il Cortile. But if you want to taste Stilson, you can come. Uh, their tasting room is also. Uh, downtown Paso. Okay, so let's get blending here a little bit. Now I know it's sold out, but you guys are actually going to be lend. You guys are doing the blending seminar for Blendfest. We're bringing some wine in the process to Blendfest, and we're joining Nino uh, oh, and Hearst fun. Ranch. So it's going to be a good time. Those are great brands. It's also again, it's going to be a blind tasting. Nobody's going to get to know what the wines are, but they're all going to be some amazing barrel samples, of some pretty cool stuff. I want to put Soren and Drew Nino yes. to the test. Yes, blind. This would be really mm-hmm. fun. Oh, we got to see this. So yeah, if you do have tickets to this one, this is going to be a special, special blending seminar. It's called Blending Seminar by the Coast. Uh, for any and all things related to uh, Blendfest on the coast, go to PasoWine.com. Okay, cool. Let me take a second and see what I'm going to do again. There's always a rhyme and the reason to the, the wines that we choose for the blending. Really? So there's something that's a little bit lighter. There's something that's a little bit fruity or more acidic. And then there's definitely something that's brooding and heavy and the, the goal is we have to appeal to the wide range of, of palettes that come in and again help make sure people get what they want so if you're into a lighter style wine you're going to gravitate towards a blend with wine one in it if you like a much heavier mm-hmm. style wine three is definitely going to be your base and then so, the question is like okay do you want more sweetness how can you create sweetness or the perception of sweetness by toying with acidity yeah and maybe not having too much of a sort of thick chewy tannic uh, palette on the finish mm-hmm. versus just wanting something like light and crisp you could throw it in the fridge or these days throw it outside overnight so this is my if it's a 50 ml that means if mm-hmm. i go to 20 that's 40 percent that's 40 percent yeah. got it okay cool you wouldn't believe how much explaining that takes <laughs> yeah well i think it almost like for the average math public math person you know if you did public high school math i joke, I joke. The, the 100 milliliters would be a lot easier but um <laughs> oh it's too much wine yeah, no, I get it. When we have a hotel attached to the blending line, <laughs> yeah. we'll just bring out the barrels. It's right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Draft system, 
in a room. There you go. Don't look cool. I'm not. No. I'm not <laughs> cheating. <laughs> do you have your blend, sir? I do. I do. All right. Pass me your glass, the lovely Magdalena. I'm going to pour I'm going to pour I'm going to save a little bit for me. Sounds good. So I want to try it. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, Adam, but I think I got you beat. You probably do. Yeah, it's, mm. it's good. It's pretty good, Adam. Yeah. It's not very blind. Magdalena knows who's is who's, but it's fine. I trust her. <laughs> She's very honest. Right. You guys want maybe you want to mix it up so I'm like really impartial? <laughs> oh, I don't care. No? You sure? Do you care? No. I don't okay. care. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, I you think taste this is going to be all about finish. Yeah, huh? Yeah. When um, I did one up to about 30... I did number two to forty-five, and then I rounded out with the petit verdot at the end. What did you do? Or I number three. The, I did the same thing. <laughs> really? Really? I did thirty. Well, yeah. It basically be sixty percent, thirty percent, ten percent. Did you? But which one did you? Which like one did you better? like more? I actually thought yours was a little bit better because I thought it had a very smooth finish. But I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, no, 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 no. It depends <laughs> That's on why what, I'm operations. Yeah. What number did you do for each one? Because I. Oh, okay. So I took number one and I went to and I'll make my blend for you right now. I did number one and went to thirty. Uh-huh. Of course, it's got a little over, but whatever. I did number two, and I went to 45. This is literally what you did. Yeah. This is literally what you did. <laughs> and then boom. We're just on the same track. We are on the same track. Well, who knew? Well, that's pretty, that's a compliment to me, because shit, you're a real winemaker. I'm nothing. So this is cool. Well, this is how much fun you can have. You come in here, and whether it's just like a date, you and exactly. your partner come in or bring someone out. What is it? What, how long does the whole excursion last you, you a little know, bit? It kind of depends on the group, right? So it can be probably somewhere between an hour and a half and two hours, or you get a bigger group in. You can get many interruptions throughout the course. And of you want to drink like while you're doing taste. You want to taste yeah. slash drink while you're yeah. doing this. So obviously yeah. there's some I'm consuming, but I'm also you know you got to kind of save a little bit because or else you're not going to have anything to blend with. Oh no, we you, you just kind of refill it. Oh okay, got yeah. it. All right. Well, this sounds like so much fun. Um, oh, and don't forget you have the booklet that can walk you through it as well, and you can take. Those yeah, you got a whole like tool, and then, and then right in, sitting in front of Cole in Magdalena, there is like this. Uh, it looks like a glorified to-go container for something. It's mm-hmm. something. It's this sustainably wrapped package. What is going on there, Magdalena? So this is our wine blending kit, which was technically born officially during oh, COVID. Oh, stop it. We had to go 100% virtual. Close that up we, and open it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So we started doing the classes virtually. We would ship, ship these kits um, all over the nation. Uh, it would come with three single varietal wines. Sad thing is, it's hard to do it blind do it with blind. this. Yeah, yeah, right. But the experience is still there. This is enough for you to partake in the class, which, again, we taught virtually. And then you make a bottle at the end of the class to enjoy it at a later time. Are you still doing so these? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. These, uh, do these go, these go yeah, well? great for the holidays. So much fun. Yeah. This is we great. people actually that come here maybe they're getting together like an airbnb or hotel somewhere as a group but they just like grab the kits and they take it with them and the thing is you know we can do a virtual class for you where i join you on zoom um the booklet like just tells you the process that you should you should take what does that go for 110 dollars with the wine that's awesome and then there are pre-recorded videos online so if you don't want to meet you don't want to wait for my schedule you can just you know Go to the QR code, sends you to the link where the videos are. You type in a quick code, 
and then you get to watch the the whole class and like I had rewind a, yeah. back to oh, dude. you don't you don't get to ask me live questions which a lot of right people now like well do, I, I really like I've, I mean yeah. I feel like everyone's personality you never know like when you're gonna meet people for the first time and like record a show with them you're like oh you know but everyone is just like all three of you guys are just so neat and fun to meet and yeah so it'd be really cool if you do one of these things live with you mm-hmm. you get all the opportunity of like you know engaging yeah. with you and stuff like that oh, how fun blending is so much fun it's fun that's why we started this business yeah to be honest with you. Some of your favorite blends. Go ahead. Impasso. What were some of the blends that made you just go, holy shit, we got to move up there. This is it. We got to do this. Oh, you are putting me on the spot. I mean, there's so many different kinds. I mean, it, it, it really just depends on the mood and the day. There's some yeah. great white blends as well. Okay, then let's do this then. Oh, true, true. What are, what are some of the last blends you had of late that really knocked your socks off? Maybe the last couple of days or, you know, this morning or I don't know. Michael, the wine that's grown behind the cemetery. Grenache and Graciano. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fun. fun. Yeah. That's super the whole fun. story about that. Graciano and Paso is just mm-hmm. an interesting one. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah, and how it all happened. And yeah, that, and that one is like so many, about 50, 60 different varietals just do world class, you know, in Paso. And then we come to know that here, Graciano is the same. Mm-hmm. Graciano is great too. Well, we know our blends up here for sure. It's so fun that everyone gets to kind of do what they want. Um, Blend Fest on the coast. You can learn more, get your tickets for the Saturday. Uh, February 24th event over 40 wineries going to be doing uh, their thing Pacific Ocean Views at Ocean Point Ranch you don't want to miss it you can go to PasoWine.com to get your tickets we made some wine here Blending Lab uh, the website again Magdalena is TheWineBlendingLab.com TheWineBlendingLab.com make an appointment right or you, Thursday weekends we can pop in or weekends, what weekends you can walk in yeah yeah. That Friday, Saturday, cool. Sunday yeah. yeah but if you want to do something during the week you can book an appointment and we'll be here for you but I like the idea you're coming up here and you got a house you're doing the Airbnb situation mm-hmm. get one of these boxes for the group get a couple you know like however right. many couples you have get a few and then do them around the island in that you know kitchen you got or whatever at your place and just have fun with it yeah yeah you know we're doing a thing um my fiance's sister's turning 40 and we're going to a place called anna maria island i guess if you live on the east coast this is a place that you go to in florida for a vacation i've never been there never heard of it anna maria island anyways so we're gonna go there and we have this like again airbnb situation i think it'd be fun to like bring a couple of these out there to surprise everyone and be like Dude, we're blending y'all mm-hmm. yeah this is pretty cool so yeah bring get a little competitive with the family yes very good right make an impression <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh magdalena michael it was so much fun to meet you guys i hope people check out the website come down here and taste uh in the blending lab thanks for for hosting us thanks for coming yeah thanks for coming this was fun this was very nice to meet you cole too yeah to meet you guys cool thank you so much for sharing your story off the air and on the air what you guys have put together with your mom and your family and just how life you know the path brought you thank god it brought you to paso man i mean i know your mom has been loving paso for a long time and she was really encouraging you to come up here but you and your own path as a young man you know, it led you here, and uh, you met some cool people when you did, and we're really lucky to have you, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's all just an amazing experience, I think. Just is it? Everything of Paso is just incredible. Yeah. You're young. You uh, married, dating? Like, what's your situation? I have a girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, okay, She's cool. She's actually a winemaker as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, can we say who it is, or should we not? I mean, absolutely, I'll plug her, yeah. Plug her, yeah. Elizabeth Kuhlman, and uh, she's the winemaker for Paso Seco, which is actually a new project that's moving downtown on uh, 13 then Pine. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a strictly bubbles. Um, right now, they just have a Grenache Blanc Prosecco style, so Charmotte style. And then uh, this year, they're going to do a, 
a rosé bubbly as well. Fun. Bubbles yeah. are a whole, you know, it's funny because like, I feel like now, like you're seeing a lot of people, they're doing the bubbles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bubbles are great. It's bubbles killer. Are, bubbles and orange. Bubbles and orange. Yeah. Orange wines yeah. are taking off right yeah. now. Rocket taking off. I never, I, I, that one I didn't expect. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm down for orange wine. I mean, the, the peak pool that I mentioned earlier, we did mm-hmm. skin contact. We didn't make it an orange wine, but we did 24 hours on skins. But orange wines, we were talking yeah. to uh, Brian Terezi. His Orango Tango is taking off. We had um, Andrew Nelson from Bonnie Dune. They're, I mean, they have locations saying make more orange wine, make more mm-hmm. orange wine. Uh, would you ever do something like that here? Do you oh, blend we have it. We already did. You do an orange wine blending so we'll send you home with this so we actually this year we did a grenache gris three ways so we got a white a rosé with some tariga in it and then a orange two weeks on skins yeah yeah and then we have another one coming out this year we made it this year Mm -hmm. and then we also threw into the mix a grenache blanc that we put on skins that's cool how long was that on skins two weeks okay yeah cool that's very contrast because they're gonna have totally different color profiles yeah but should have the same aromatics, right? Phenolics. Yeah, and people in LA, they feel an orange. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. they're. I think it. we did it to challenge people now because they would come in and be like, "Do you have orange?" And we're like, at the time, you know, we're small, so yeah. to, to all of a sudden start making a new wine, it takes a lot of, you know, money, it really does right? planning, and it's yeah. a hell of a lot better than just someone asking, well, "Do you guys do natural wines?" Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so. that too. But yeah. <laughs> oh well, thank you guys so much for sharing where wine takes you. Uh, the blending lab here, we're downtown Paso. You can also taste a Stilson in the same spot. Cheers, guys, and thank you for Cheers. sharing with us. Cheers. Here. Thanks for coming, guys. So much fun. Give me that moonshine. Uh, thank you to Michael, Magdalena, and Cole for being on the show. So much fun to blend with them and learn from them. Definitely encouraging you to check them both out. All right, onto our Travel Paso Spotlight. We're chatting with the folks from the Central Coast Wine Competition. It's put on by the California Mid-State Fair. They also got the California Craft Spirits Competition, as well as other competitions for vinegars, olive oil. Teresa and Ryan, thanks for sharing on Where Wine Takes You. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having us, Adam. All right, so Central Coast Wine Comp. Teresa, I've always been a real fan of this competition because what a great way as a brand, and an expensive way, too, to... Get your wine in front of a ton of really important eyes, whether they be big wine buyers, writers, critics, and there's so much more exposure that your wine gets, and you get to really, you know, it's like a barometer to see where your wine is compared to not just the wines in our backyard, but say, you know, six, seven other counties. Absolutely. And you said inexpensive, right? Yeah, it, it's very inexpensive. It's very reasonable to get in. It's- to enter the competition, um, it's a nominal fee for the exposure that you get. And the the exposure opportunities are huge. So anybody that has been to the California Mid-State Fair understands that we have thousands and thousands of people walking in the door every and that we have multiple booths all over the fairgrounds that give you the opportunity to purchase wine. The little known fact is they're only allowed to sell wines that have been entered in the Central Coast Wine. So that gives, you know, a value added that you you as a winery that's entering into the competition, you are then have the opportunity to get on the list and 
the 15C wine bar, the Jimmy's watering hole, the silo barn, all of those people then get the list of those that have entered and have the opportunity to pour those wines. Yeah, you know, it's crazy, Ricky, when you're when you go into that big room and you see all the different wines involved. I mean, it's just like this. It's like looking at inside a Costco and seeing nothing but tables covered with wine bottles. I mean, a lot of people get in on this. Oh, they do. It's uh, it's a trip, a couple of days sorting everything and just kind of standing back before they get started. And just like you mentioned, just seeing all the bottles out there. And it's 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 kind of a trip to see it all laid out and kind of know what's going to happen the next couple of days. Yeah, it's really a cool undertaking. I've interviewed the different judges, you know, a time or two over the years. Teresa, let's ask. Let's chat about not just wine. Because you got olive oil, yeah. you got spirits. There's a lot more going on. Yeah. So we, in addition to uh, the Central Coast Wine Competition, the value added for those wineries is that there's also an opportunity for those other products that they're producing, the vinegar, olive oil, or craft spirits. And the craft spirits competition is something that is uh, near and dear to me because I help produce all of our beverage events that happen during fair time. A lot of people don't know about them. So we produce our um, gold medal wine tasting that is usually the first, let's see, Friday. Yeah, first Friday. Friday. First Friday of the fair. And that day we honor our um, industry awards, our winemaker of the year, our grape grower of the year, and our industry person of the year. And the gold medal winners have an opportunity to come in and pour their wines that day. And it's a great low cost event for our industry and our locals to come out and taste at. So in addition to that, we have Cattleman's Day wine tasting. So those guests that um, enter the wine competition have an opportunity to pour there. And then um, My Little Baby is the craft spirits. Their tasting opportunity is the Get Crafty cocktail competition. And that takes place on the Sunday of the fair. So there's lots of other opportunities that once you enter into these four competitions that you then get an opportunity to participate in. Yeah, Get Crafty is so much fun. And you've done such a good job with all those events. Love uh, seeing all those people in that little courtyard tasting and mixing it up with the, you know, the mixologists of the area and the spirit producers. And if you're not in the, in the industry and you're out, you know, out and about at the fair, that first Friday, again, some great wine tasting that first Sunday. Get Crafty. So much fun stuff going on. Uh, we got Ricky. We got Teresa with the California Mid-State Fair and the Central Coast Wine Competition. Folks, it it's been so much fun to catch up with both of you. I know you guys both very well. You both work very, very hard for all you do. So thanks very much for taking time out and sharing where wine takes you. Absolutely. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Appreciate all, all you've done as well. Thanks to Travel Paso for that Travel Paso spotlight. You definitely need to check out travelpaso.com before your next trip to Paso. And even now on your phone, check out travelpaso.com and all the resources that it has really a great site, a must check before your next trip. All right, on the next episode, we are breaking it down, how you can come to France with us and with some great world-class wineries. In fact, these wineries are opening up to folks and guests of this cruise exclusively with wines that you cannot get any other way. And these are wineries that are already 
hard to get your hands on, super popular. I'm excited to share this opportunity with you. We're gonna meet the winemakers next episode, two of the three big names, I'm telling you. We will talk itinerary, the whole thing. But I will say, pass a wine and me and this podcast, and hopefully you are going to the Rhone. Let's go. We are hitting all the spots. You don't want to miss this more on the next episode of Where Wine Takes You, which is executive produced by Joel Peterson and our friends at Paso Wine, associate producer Krista Smith. The show is recorded, edited, and produced by yours truly. Original music on the pod. Good company. Thanks to our friends at Moonshiner Collective. They're actually performing live March 22nd in San Luis Obispo. Go to moonshinercollective.com. We'd love to see you there. To reach out to me and for more, log on to adamontiel.com. M-O-N-T-I-E-L, adamontiel.com. All right, until next time, where we bring to you the gang we're going to France with. Cheers to blends. Lift that glass up high. Savor the blend of life's flavors and the path it leads to where wine takes you. So give me that moonshine. Get by me. Bats all round of the job. Camped out in a cheesy will simplify. Look company. Give me that moonshine. Get by me. Bats all round of the job. Camped out in a cheesy will simplify. Look company. That more time will get by We pass all out to chop his job Camped out in a cheese world Simplify on good company Give me that more time will get by We pass all out to chop his job Camped out in a cheese world Simplify on good company